Welcome to the MTO Show. I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and joining me today is, I would say, daredevil extraordinaire, extreme sports enthusiast, and athlete, and sky jumper, Tyler Turner. Born and raised in Calgary and a trained photographer in his early 20s, Tyler spent a decade prior to his accident leading probably one of the most enchanted lifestyles that makes an awesome Instagram feed. He's into surfing, snowboarding, backcountry guiding, driving snowcats, rock climbing, skateboarding, and a passion for skydiving. Today, Tyler's Instagram is filled with these extreme sports as a double amputee and now living on a boat. Perhaps we could talk about that with him during this, this show. So welcome to the show, Tyler, and thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I was working uh, in the winter. I was trying to become a backcountry ski snowboard guide. I was working towards that, and I was uh, I've been driving snowcats and uh, building snowboard parks and access roads for um, backcountry skiing for eight years. And in the summer, I was teaching skydiving. Um, so teaching newer skydivers how to skydive, uh, filming videos for people doing their first tandem skydive. And on um, long weekend Monday, September 4th, I was uh, filming a video, first jump of the day. And I had an accident, hit the ground going really fast. I had a perfectly good parachute. That's everyone's first question. And uh, I had a perfectly good parachute. I was trying to do high performance turns and I I was too low and hit the ground uh, as much. That's as much as I know or anyone else knows. No one really saw it and I don't remember it. So um, I've tried long and hard to figure out what happened. And, and the answer is, I just don't know. So um, hit the ground going uh, very fast. And those injuries, uh, you know, ended up being losing both my legs, one immediately and one a year and a half later. Um, also, you know, breaking ribs, traumatic brain injury, biting my tongue off and, you know, shattering my pelvis. The list is long uh, and I'll forget them all, but uh, uh, I did it up right. But right before this all happened, you were already sort of an extreme sports kind of guy. So how did that passion start? Uh, I like to just say that I had a screw loose when I was a kid. Uh, I was like from 10 years old, I knew I was going to fly wingsuits and I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, you know, started with skateboarding and, and wakeboarding and you know, whatever little barefoot water skiing, whatever I could get. That was crazy when I was a kid and it just started to, it turned into more, as I gained more knowledge for the backcountry and, and ropes and um, stuff like that, I was able to expand what I did in that extreme sports quote unquote realm. And uh, um, so that, you know, turned into rock climbing and which turned into alpine climbing and, um, you know, big adventure climbing and uh, whitewater rafting guide and just, taking courses and technical training and, and trying to advance my education in the backcountry and adventure sports. And it just continued to grow until I was combining sports and um, everything just kept getting bigger and bigger. And uh, eventually at about 23, I stumbled upon skydiving and I'd always wanted to do it. And uh, very quickly, I realized that that was kind of my favorite. So uh yeah i mean all the paths just kept 
I just kept going down all those paths and they turned into what they turned into. Because I, I, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because a lot of times people have this perception that we get into these extreme sports or we get into our sort of, oh, I can do this now because I'm an IPT or you're trying to prove something. But for you, it's more about discontinuing what you already have been doing all your life. Uh, yeah, I would say it's just it's just what I've always done. Like I, obviously, people are pretty excited about now. I do it all with uh, bilateral amputation, but uh, it's just what I've done, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, you know, everyone calls it the adrenaline junkie or whatever. I I like to call it extreme sports enthusiast or adrenaline enthusiast. Um, I like it. It's, it's good. I like, I like getting scared sometimes, but honestly, the goal of these sports is to not be scared. You should be so dialed in that they're not scary. Um, if they're scary at that risk level, you sh probably shouldn't be doing it because you're going to die. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I love doing them and I wouldn't do anything else. It's just kind of, it's what I do. Right. And, and it's that passion that uh, to just keep going with it, I think, is great. Mm -hmm. What was recovery like for you then when you and, and tying this to sort of what you wanted to go to or wanted to go back to? So you're in recovery. You've discovered sort of what had happened. What was going through your mind in recovery about getting to doing the these activities again? Uh, I honestly never even... You know, everyone's like, oh, you're crazy if you're going to skydive again and everything. I, I never even considered that. It was like, how am I going to get back in the air? How am I going to get back on snow? How am I going to get back surfing, rock climbing? Um, I, I just started considering how I was going to do it. And honestly, um, considering if I wasn't able to do these things, if I was going to be able to go on with my life, because they're so critical to me that... I didn't know if losing a leg meant that I would lose these sports. And if I lost those sports, I just, I felt there was no really reason to keep going. So it was a battle in the hospital for, for sure, especially with a single leg amputated at first. And my um, kind of similar to what you had going on, actually um, my, my left leg meant that I was going to be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. I was never going to walk with my left leg. So um it was about 16, 18 months, and they finally decided to amputate my left leg. And that year and a half was really, really bad. It was, there was not a whole lot of good in there. I, I made it look good on Instagram, fake, but uh, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a good year. And, and when I had that second leg amputated, then I knew I was going to be able to do all these sports. And I started trying to research who was doing it, getting in touch with them. And they're, you know, what there's, two skydivers in the world doing it and there's you know a couple snowboarders and um and i'm sure everyone in the amputee community are aware of these people and uh um i got a hold of them and and some really really great people um kind of hopped on board with me and were like okay let's let's help you out with this and um nick fenner was a skydiver that right from the start was all in helping me um you know what kind of prosthetics do i need and, and what do i need to be doing to to get back in the sky we actually had very similar accidents um and very similar uh outcomes with, with a bilateral amputation and um 
yeah, it was, it was just amazing to have uh, people like that hop on and help me go forward. And, and once I knew that I could do these sports, uh, I knew that I wanted to, you know, put in the effort and keep going and, and keep pushing because the first year and a half, I, I didn't have that motivation at all. So, um, yeah, everyone always says, uh, it's, you know, skydiving almost killed you. And I'm like, no, skydiving is the only reason I'm alive because if it wasn't for getting back in the air, getting back in the ocean, surfing, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be here for sure. So. Were you in the wheelchair that whole year and a half that you were, you were saying? Yeah, or I say 99% of the time I was in the wheelchair. So I could put a put my left foot down to kind of transfer somewhere. I was trying to walk a little bit at GF Strong. Um, it was just so incredible, the pain. And I had an off offloading um, um, AFO onto my knee. So really, I couldn't touch my foot to the ground uh, uh, and I kept saying like, well, if I can't put the foot on the ground, why don't we cut it off? And I, I've got a good one on my right side. Why don't we do that again? And, and, you know, I, I don't know why they want to go. I'm sure you went through this, but I was 100% motivated to have my foot amputated because I knew I could get out of my wheelchair if I had it amputated. If I didn't, I was going to be bound to a wheelchair the rest of my life. Um, if that foot, foot touch touched a cold uh, bathroom floor when I was on the toilet it was the pain was so extreme I can't even describe it um, so yeah it was essentially protected and covered and and in an AFO for that whole time and um, yeah it was it was uh, an exciting day when they said they'd cut it off I, I, I think I share that I often quote um, you know, when I do these kinds of interviews for myself anyway, that I say I was more disabled before I became an APT than I am now. Yeah. I feel like I'm more able now and I'm more, I can do more things now. For me anyway, when I had my amputation, it was like a sigh of relief. Oh, it was, I keep saying I smiled going in and I smiled coming out and the nurses didn't know what the heck was going on because uh, I, was, I was a happy guy that day. Uh, I'd been waiting for that one. You know what? It's only a year, really, but man, that's a long year when you're sitting there. Um, most of that year was spent with the blinds closed and the the lights off and uh, hiding. Essentially, I I always I'd say I, you know, after a couple of days, I'd I'd try and I was living in recovery homes and uh, uh, you know between GF Strong and uh, and then I ended up just in a hotel and going outpatient. Um, for you know most of the year and that hotel room was was a dungeon and it was not a pretty sight um i'd have to leave it sometimes to go to rehab and when i didn't have to leave it and there were like sometimes where i'd go a couple months where they'd let me off to kind of go do my own thing and try and see well i wouldn't do that i'd i'd close the door lock the door my girlfriend would come in after work and see if i'd left bed and i hadn't and uh try and convince me to get up to go pee pretty much. And then I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't anything just lights out curtains closed for weeks on end. And, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty. And then, uh, I've kind of got the motivation once I knew my left leg was going to be amputated. I tried to put in some work, but still just, I wasn't getting there and, uh, you know, trying to go into rehab, trying to show up a little bit more and, um, still just didn't have the, the mental side wasn't there to, to help me get motivated yet. And then 
when it finally was amputated, that was like, okay, it's real. You know, I'd, my, my appointment was canceled five times my surgery. So that was a hit every time too. that phone call, like, okay, three weeks. Nope. Now you're six weeks now. And Oh no, now you're three months. And, uh, those were tough phone calls. I had some pretty, pretty gnarly breakdowns there. And then when it finally was happening, they actually, I thought they were calling to cancel again. And she said, no, we had a cancellation next Friday and it was a Friday. So seven days away. And now I was just, you know, crying or whatever. We're actually out on the sailboat. I'm surprised I had cell service. If I missed that call, I would have been waiting months for my leg to be amputated. And uh, we're in the middle of like a shipping lane just outside of Nanaimo. There's like huge ships going by and I'm sitting at the helm just crying. It was a wild, wild experience. And uh, yeah, seven days later, I had my leg amputated. I was so happy. And that was like, that was the like, okay, let's go now. And uh, then I started putting in the effort. Then I had this little consideration that, oh, maybe it was the wrong decision. Like maybe I'm not going to be able to walk with two prosthetics. And like, what if I was better off before? Like I, I kind of had something I knew. And and then when I put the first test socket on about two months later and stood up, I you know it was horribly painful and everything, but I stood up and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be fine. I'll be good. And then. And then I just really put my head down at, at, uh, physio rehab. And, um, yeah, I was, uh, I had some amazing people, um, and amazing support for that. And, and I just, I shed a lot of weight pretty quick and I, you know, we can all try and shed more, especially with COVID, but right off the bat, it was like, man, I had a lot of extra weight from sitting in a wheelchair for a year and a half. And, um, yeah, the people that, you know, put, 10, 15, 20, 50 years in a wheelchair. It's amazing. Um, the effort you have to put in to stay in shape if you're to stay motivated. But, uh, when I was able to get standing again and, and working out, it was, that was pretty cool. I know exactly how, what you mean about, you know, it's like, just get it off me at that point. Right. It's like, I want to, it's like i want to move on with my life like look, let me just get this over with mm-hmm. i made a decision already to have this removed like just get it over with mm-hmm. and and i think i share in that as well where when you put that leg on you're like oh no i'll be fine i'm actually much better so in the second time around when i was about to lose my right leg similar to your to what you said i was like i was looking forward to it and i said you know what then i can move on 100 percent from where i was when i still had the one leg yeah you know, um, it's. I met uh, Therese down at uh, Adaptive Training Foundation. Yeah. And uh, she was the one who first, you know, showed me your story. And I was like, I was blown away at how similar it was and the timelines, even, you know. Um, it's kind of really incredible. Yeah. 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 No, I was going to actually bring that up. So part of your recovery was joining the. Adaptive Training Foundation in the U.S. For those who doesn't know, Adaptive Training Foundation was founded by David Vabora, who is an NFL veteran. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And obviously, everybody knows um, U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Tra- Travis Mills, who's a quadruple amputee. So, take us through that training and that recovery, or sort of the the mental and the physical, because it's a nine week program, isn't it? Yeah, it was really cool. Like when when david i i believe i was the first canadian to go down to it and uh uh david's such an amazing guy and and he really wanted me to come down there and uh it was in april so i had my leg amputated in november i was still 
And I was far from being independent at that point. And they're like, okay, you're getting on an airplane and going to Texas for nine weeks. And um, it was super cool, super scary. I was having some prosthetic issues and um, trying to get those figured out before I went to the States because I didn't know how insurance would work and everything. And um, But yeah, I got down there and yeah, it was so motivating and uh, it was really cool. We had a group of... I'd say, let's say 12 people, maybe, I don't know the exact number that was in class that were in class 16. And uh, they do these, they were doing at that time, they've changed everything now, but four classes a year. And yeah, I was lucky enough to get into the one in the spring. And uh, it was, it was just, it was, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just such a cool um, experience, especially at that time. I was super down and out and I was trying to be motivated, kind of fake motivated, but uh, trying to keep going. But it's just you keep getting beat down by every little thing that comes at you. And uh, when I went down there, you just got to let go of everything else because I'm in Texas um, I'm in a different country. And I just kind of got to, like, forget about all the insurance issues and work safe issues and the all the things that were trying to kill me really. <laughs> um, and I got to just like work out and became very close with David and uh, Colin, another guy there who does the marketing and um, they were just awesome people. And we did fun stuff and it was just really fun to go without any question. And these guys have dealt with amputees and not dealt with, but, been with amputees for so long there's no questions like any of these issues aren't aren't looked upon differently and they try and set you up for success at any event you do and um it was just really cool to watch the successes of everyone else in the class like amazing amazing accomplishments in that nine weeks from other people and then for myself just like physically i got stronger for sure but mentally i got a lot stronger from that and uh knowing that i was able to be a lot more independent and, and do a lot of things on my own. Plus I went and did a skydive again while I was down there kind of quietly. Um, and I don't think anyone really understood what, um, what was going on there, like how, how big that was. So, um, that was really cool too. And they've, uh, yeah, I mean, they continue to support me even after the nine weeks, but, um, yeah, it was amazing. And and in that nine weeks, uh, I was introduced to Roy Tuscany from High Fives Foundation as well. And between Adaptive Training Foundation and High Fives Foundation, I mean, they've been so incredible in my recovery and just supporting the absolutely insane ideas that I have. And uh, they don't even question it. Like, well, you think it's going to be possible? Well, yeah, sure. Let us know what we can do kind of thing. And um, I just had a good chat with Colin from ATF. and uh if you know we can move ahead with this covid thing here soon hopefully um i really hope to go back down to atf and and now that i'm at this kind of new level when i was there last time it was a lot of just trying to get over a lot of mental hurdles along with physical hurdles but i think so many of those physical hurdles were were mental as well and um this time i would really love to go back and just push myself physically and train um, at a really high level, um, with really amazing trainers. Um, I was put with Johnny Wright as my trainer and, um, 
uh, it's one of the best things that happened to me. He, he was just, uh, they're all such intelligent people down there. And, uh, with working with people with disabilities and, uh, Johnny was such a high level trainer and, uh, I was really lucky to be, to be paired with him. And I'm thankful to, to David all the time that he put me with him for the nine weeks. Cause, um, he pushed me in amazing ways. Right. And now you're eyeing the 2022 Beijing Paralympic games. Um, is that correct? I, uh, think, uh, yeah. Potentially I can go to the 2022 <laughs> Olympics, which is so incredible Paralympics. Um, but it, it's tough with COVID cause I need to get classified and I need to get points and I need the whole thing. And when you can't travel out of your country, it's pretty difficult. Um, we are trying, there is a world cup being run in Finland in February and we will quarantine. We will get shot with whatever we need to get shot with or shove things up our nose or whatever. Uh, we're, we're attempting to get there so that myself and one other person on the team can get the required classification and everything. Um, right. Fingers crossed. I, I honestly, I don't know what's happening in the meantime. I'm just going to, yeah, keep snowboarding and, and get myself to the highest level I can. And if there's an opportunity to go to the Paralympics, which would be the coolest thing ever, um, I'll be there. So you're training for snowboarding? Correct. Yeah. Bank Solemn and Border Cross are the events for snowboarding. But you're not uh, uh, sit skiing or any of the other sports for winter, I'm just standing, to snowboard? I'm standing. I'm in the LL1 category. Um, I actually posted yesterday. I went sit skiing I, back on the mountain tried sit skiing for the first time two years ago yesterday um which was such a cool experience josh duick um helped me get into that program and um he's just such an incredible dude and um sit skiing was awesome i really loved it i did it a handful for that season but my whole life my passion my career everything has revolved around snowboarding from such a young age and i just i wanted to snowboard again and I didn't know if it was going to be possible. And I, I wanted to learn to sit ski in case it wasn't possible. I would at least, um, already have, have some, I've already learned that skill and I could, it would, I think it would take, it would, uh, it wouldn't hurt as bad to learn that I couldn't snowboard, but yeah, last season I put in a lot of effort and, uh, learning to snowboard again and, and getting my equipment figured out and alignment and, um, it went pretty well and I was able to go to a camp to kind of be, see if I was good enough. And, um, as of this year, I was able to get on the next gen, uh, team national team. So provided I can, yeah, that lets me go to these events with the national team. And, and if I can do well enough, hopefully get on the full, full fledged national team and, uh, yeah, be a, uh, on the Paralympic snowboard team is like so incredible. Not how I saw my, my snowboarding career going, but uh, yeah, here we are. I don't know if you guys did, or that's how you did it in, uh, in out West, but here in Ontario. So the Canadian Olympic team does an ID athlete ID every year where you come in and you do all the tests and the assessments, okay. and then you figure out what sport you want to do and then what, team you want to get on and then they align you with the right coaches and all that to start training but i was gonna say so is the process the same for you finding out how I, to get uh, into I, the, I, to I, the sport? well i didn't go through like an id process but um the process is is kind of similar to that although it's not as formal um i kind of went through that process a bit with uh 
wheelchair athletics, wheelchair basketball, stuff like that. But, um, and I enjoyed them and they were good building blocks for me to get back to the sports I wanted to do personally. Um, but when it came to snowboarding, I really had to fight my way in, um, which is fair. I think they've had a lot of people not follow through on their commitments and stuff over the years. And, um, yeah, I, I put in the effort and I kept bugging them and, uh, yeah, it's funny because, you know, wheelchair basketball, I, I, I know they I had a good chat with them and, and I had an opportunity there, I think to at least try and see what I was capable of doing. And I was like, Nope, I want to snowboard. I want to snowboard. So, um, I just kept fighting to snowboard. It's, it's what I've always done and what I want to do. And, um, yeah, I'm thankful that I've made it even this far and we'll see, we'll see what, where I get with it. Um, it's all I do. It's all I ever wanted to do growing up and it's, uh, I'm not going to stop snowboarding. So we'll see what Avenue it leads me down. But, uh, yeah, so far I'm loving it. I'm off my board right now, unfortunately, but, uh, hopefully maybe four weeks here and, and I can be back at it. Now let's go back to skydiving. So my friend did it when he turned 40. And he's not an amputee, he's, he's an able-bodied. And he's like, it was the most exhilarating thing ever that I've ever done in my life. And I said, I've always wanted to do that, but none of my friends wanted to do it. And then I became an amputee and I was like, oh, I need to still do this. It's still on my bucket list to do. And I want to do it. And I couldn't find anyone else who was doing it. And I keep searching, searching, searching. And I was like, not so much someone else doing it, but how would, how would I do it as a double amputee? And that's when mm-hmm. I came across your page going, hey, this guy's jumping without any any prosthetics in the air how does he land right because so, <laughs> that was my thing is like how would i land maybe i just need a tandem and i think i'll have to still do it as a tandem dive how does this guy do this so how do you do it uh, i mean there's different levels obviously um how i do it is not how anyone else should do it unless you're an experienced skydiver and and at that point uh you probably have some ideas mm-hmm. and and then we should get in touch and we should talk because uh, we need to be friends. But uh, if that person's out there listening that uh, isn't an experienced guy ever, we, I mean, it's a small community. I, I thought I knew all of them, but uh, maybe I don't. So let's chat. But uh, if you're new to it, absolutely a tandem um, is the way to get into it. Uh, you will go with someone who's extremely experienced um, and they will have ideas of how you're going to do it you'll land on your butt sliding in um usually we recommend you take your prosthetic off 90 percent of the time we're going to say take your prosthetic off um it means yeah then you're not going to lose your expensive prosthetic um and yeah you you don't have specialized systems and and prosthetics at that point um so we just take it off enjoy the ride it's uh absolutely the most amazing experience you'll ever have uh i've never seen anyone i've seen a lot of people do tandem skydives i've never seen anyone land and say i wish i didn't do it some people say i'm never doing again or you know one time was enough but every single person i've ever seen was happy they did it um not to say that it's a dangerous sport by any means. It's actually incredibly safe. If you, uh, now we could go down that whole wormhole. If you compare it to a lot of things like crossing the street, um, skydiving is safer, but, um, all to say that, 
Uh, I've never seen someone do a tandem skydive that wasn't absolutely just blown away in, in so many different ways. Everyone's got a different reaction, but it's such an amazing experience. Um, after that, especially as an amputee, if you are interested in, in continuing to a first jump course, um, and then trying to get a solo license and beyond, um, there's no reason you can't do it. Um, above the knee amputees have a, a couple more things they have to kind of sort out with locking out a knee and everything, um, or jumping without a prosthetic. You have to make that decision, not make that decision, but it's kind of one of those things you decide a little early on how you're going to, what your style is going to be. But, um, as long as you don't have an extremely high amputation where you would need a kind of a custom um, harness to hold you in, um, everyone can go skydiving. And I recommend that everyone does go skydiving because it's such an amazing experience and it, it can be a fork in the road for so many people. So um, yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. And if you want to go beyond just doing a tandem skydive, uh, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> find me on the internet and talk to me i will i will lead you down that path yeah so one of the first photos i saw of you was it was a side picture of you and a parachute was behind you and your two uh residual limbs sticking out and i said that's exactly what i want to do right i just want to feel that oh the, that the water jump yeah <laughs> the water you know? jump this year yeah so that yeah. was uh i decided i would try to jump without my prosthetics on and uh i had never done it before and we were jumping uh into a lake so i thought well what a perfect time i don't need to have my legs for landing or you know i didn't know if i i slide on my butt a lot of the times when i land but who knows if i lean forward and hit the end of my residual limb or something so but while we're jumping into a lake let's go and if i'm jumping into a lake i might as well wear a speedo and some goggles and i wish i had water wings and stuff too but yeah, it was, uh, we had a lot of fun that weekend and uh, jumping out of helicopters and, and we were doing all sorts of stuff, but that water jump was fun and I, I had a GoPro on my hand and that photo is, uh, still makes me laugh uh, just with the, the goggles, swim goggles on and I think and that's no what it was. And, yeah. But uh, yeah. speaking of photography, you have amazing photographs. And one of the things that I envy a lot is, or that I'm jealous of, is this photo of you, and not so much as an APT, but as a photo of you behind this big um, ice, I guess, in the North Pole. Or you tagged it as North Pole. And I thought I'd uh, gone I far enough by perfect. going, right? But I, I thought I'd gone far enough going to um, the, you know, the Arctic Circle but never a pole. And my, my dream bucket has always been Antarctica. So how did you get okay. to the North pole? Well, I hate to, I hate to let you down, uh, but I didn't go to the North pole. Um, I was actually filming, I was filming something for high fives foundation, which will come out shortly. And, uh, and we were filming it and we, we needed a kind of a hanger to use as a studio for some B roll. And, uh, I was filming with um, this guy, Zach Moxley, um, who's been doing some really cool stuff. Uh, we've been doing some really cool stuff together the last year for this. Uh, it's called the Uprising Project. And uh, with Uprising, uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much, but uh, mm -hmm. there will be a video coming out soon that might blow some minds. Um, and we needed this this hangar to film in and Bradley Friesen, um, he, he used to do a lot of YouTube stuff and take celebrities out 
to really cool places in his helicopter and uh he's really popular on reddit and stuff and and he just said well let's go for a flight like if you guys are here we were using his hangar and uh okay yeah let's go and he's like i've got this place i want to go to that i want to take um elias Pedersen from the vancouver canucks up to to play hockey like miss like the movie mystery alaska and uh it's like we got to go check if the ice is thick enough and i was like wow we're gonna land the helicopter we don't know if the ice is thick enough like what it was quite the adventure so we flew up there is it was uh i guess you'd say it was kind of east of squamish kind of towards whistler north of vancouver okay and we're flying in this beautiful green everything and then we come over this ridge and it's icebergs and frozen lake and it was so cool and we landed there walked across checked all the ice was you know nice and thick and uh and then we took some pictures with some icebergs and and uh zach was flying his drone around while while bradley was flying his helicopter between the icebergs with a drone fall it was so cool the footage from that if you check either their instagrams is just like mind-blowing it and then when the vancouver connects went up it was in the uh new york times three weeks ago um and that was that was like the coolest most random experience of my life i was uh unbelievable so no i didn't go to the north pole but uh i feel like this story is almost as cool oh <laughs> uh, no i i think that's even cooler now that you tell me the story <laughs> and we'll definitely keep an eye out for that video and then now you moved into a boat can you tell us about that because you did this recently correct well so uh yeah my girlfriend has owned a boat she grew up on a sailboat and uh has owned a sailboat for a long time and um she owned one when we first met and then we got a bigger one kind of right after my injury it was kind of her project you know i spent a lot of time in the hospital and um she uh i get uh, probably used the boat as a bit of an outlet to uh repair it and refit it and did an amazing job with that boat and um it wasn't super conducive to me and my my prosthetics and it was short inside and um you would know uh, to try and walk around in somewhere that's not tall enough you can't bend your knees really so you bend your neck and we're living on it so it just wasn't uh well our, our plan our goal was to live on it and um we lived on it for a couple months and it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going to work out so um thankfully uh the covid uh the covid thankfully covid um made the used boat uh market pretty hot and so we were able to sell that one and find another fixer upper boat um cuz uh we can't afford these boats brand new and fancy so we found another fixer upper and this one is great it's got uh like six foot four headroom in here um there's some benches like even getting into bed and stuff there's benches so i can it's almost like it was made for me there's a bench in the head which is the the toilet uh and shower so like i can sit all over the place it's it's really great for me and uh i'm able to make it work and is going to take us some pretty cool places we have some pretty big plans and uh 
Uh, we've been kind of documenting it all, shameless plug, with our YouTube channel, all about spray. Um, and I like to say, I, I always say, everything's all about spray. It's all about spray. If you're surfing, it's all about spraying water. If you're snowboarding, it's all about spraying powder. If you're, uh, you know, sp I just use spray as kind of like, uh, you know, if you're skydiving and you do something cool, you could call it spray. Um, and when you're sailing, so obviously unifier. spray is right. awesome because there's water. Yeah. So uh, the YouTube channel is called All About Spray. Um, Kayleen, my girlfriend, does a great job of uh, editing those videos. And um, yeah, we're trying to stay consistent on it. And I actually, the last one we, we released was called Living as an Amputee on a Sailboat. And I tried to just kind of throw out there a few things that people you know people watch the channel and it looks really easy and it looks really i mean most of the people listening to this can understand that like if you put it on instagram it looks cool it looks easy but you have to realize as an amputee as bilateral amputee the what went into that moment is an incredible amount of work and frustration and pain and um so i, I tried to do my best to show that it's not all as simple as it looks but even in that video it ended up coming out kind of simple so i don't i don't know how you do it um but it would be worth checking out for uh for amputees i think it it would be um worth um yeah looking at that and then all our sailing adventures um obviously i'm doing it as a bilateral amputee so um that's that's my shameless plug to your point a lot of the times our instagram makes it look like we made it easy, but the work behind all of that, um, you know, when people go, oh, did you just get up on on your both running blades like that? I'm like, no, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of balancing that happens yeah. um, to, to, to run, to stand on those mm -hmm. and to be able to run on them, uh, com you know, completely. And I'm sure that's the same uh, on a boat. So we'll just have to keep an, an eye out for those videos. Now, what message would you have for anyone who's looking to experience the same? Like, like I said to you, uh, one day it'll be an honor to jump with you. You kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about that. What would you recommend to them when they're in recovery and they say, you know, I wanted to get back to that thing that I wanted to do that I'm passionate about. What would you say to them? Well, I, I kind of like to always say like, you just have to find something to motivate you, which for me was skydiving and surfing, but it doesn't have to be some extreme sport. Um, just to find something that is, is, uh, you know, reasonable, not, not to be someone that's never skydiving and say like, my goal is to be a professional, uh, wingsuiter, you know, that's, that's maybe a little too out there, but you know, if there, if there's a passion that you had that you think you're going to be able to achieve again, um, I think after losing your legs, if you can find something that motivates you, like, um, you know, whatever it might be, you know, sledge hockey or, something a goal to work towards uh i think that that helps so much in in keeping your mind motivated through recovery um it's when you kind of think that there's nothing left that you really um can hit that really dark hole so um that's what it was for me i always even when times were really tough they can't all be positive it's you know everyone always says stay positive stay positive well it's not how it goes sometimes you got to like be negative and cry and then use that energy to propel yourself forward um and if you can propel yourself towards something like um 
you know, I, I knew I wanted to surf and I found people that were surfing bilateral amputees that were really, really good at it. Um, and I've, you know, I found myself in that community now and, uh, not being really good at it, but <laughs> meeting these people and, uh, and, and skydiving, I knew I was going to do it. And even in the worst times, I, I keep holding on to the fact that like, all right, any effort I put in is working towards doing that again. And, um, you know, whatever that is for you, maybe woodworking or, you know, I, I don't know, whatever your passion is, figure out a way to do that and, and start scheming how you're going to do it again. And that can kind of take your mind away and keep it busy from, uh, you know, constantly being negative and, and thinking about what you've lost. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to shamelessly plug everything. So where can we find more about you? Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, post everything about everything on uh instagram i'm not really on facebook so it's uh at ty turner 14 um yeah check it out message me chat with me uh i get really bored and spend way too much time on there so um yeah instagram is good and then the youtube channel uh what does it say at the end like comment subscribe right that's what we're all living for these days um it's uh, all about spray sailing if I haven't said that enough yet. So um, yeah, be awesome. I, I love chatting with amputees and uh, especially amputees that want to skydive. I love it. I think everyone should skydive and uh, I want to see more amputees skydive. And if you're out West, then uh, I want to be a part of it. So. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much, Tyler, for joining me today. I'll, I'll share all of Tyler's links on my website at www.airsaltamingo.com. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. If you have any comments, questions, or show ideas, please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The MPTO Show. Until next time, I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and this has been The MPTO Show Podcast.